Welcome to Mint, the podcast exploring the Web3 creator economy. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you what's happening at the corner where crypto meets creators by interviewing Web3's top creative entrepreneurs, collectors, and founders. This episode is brought to you by the composable and decentralized social graph Lens Protocol, who's ready for you to build on so that you can focus on creating a great experience, not scaling your users. Guys, I've talked about this on the podcast before. We as creators need to break through a new paradigm of social networking apps that we control rather than them controlling us. Lens Protocol isn't a social media app. It's designed to let Web3 social apps bloom. Own your content, own your social graph, own your data. Lens Protocol is the last social media handle you'll ever have to create. This episode welcomes Scott Hansen, aka Tycho, and Matt Jones, founder and CEO of Medallion. Throughout the hour, we discuss Scott's new open source community, the collaboration with Medallion, the similarities and differences between blogging and building a Web3 community, bridging fans into Web3, finding balance between documenting and creating, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Matt, Tycho, guys, welcome to Mint. Long time coming, part of season six. How are we feeling? How are we doing, guys? Good, good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome, man. Great to be here. Matt, is this your podcast debut? It is. You got it. My debut. Dude, I've done so many debuts for people uh, for <laughs> being their first podcast. So I'm stoked to have you on. I'm really excited to, to dive in into the Tyco open source community, everything that you guys are doing at Medallion. But before we get into all that, okay, let's start with really quick intros, um, just so the audience can kind of get an idea of who you guys are. If they're not familiar, Scott, we can start with you and then Matt, take it away. Yeah, my name is Scott Hansen. I've been recording music as Tycho and uh, creating visual art as ISO 50 for, I guess, about 22 years now. And uh, yeah, just found, you know, kind of um, had a blog back in the day and uh, done, did kind of web to social media stuff here and there. But I've always been pretty engaged in community building. Uh, and that's been a big part of Tycho. So it's uh, really cool to be talking about this today with you guys. Amazing. Matt, how about you? Yeah, so I've uh, been in, in and around music and technology for uh, close to a couple of decades now. Uh, started my career actually uh, putting on concerts back in England, straight out of uh, high school, I suppose, would be the equivalent. Um, and then started a B2B e-com company, um, helping artists sell tickets directly to fans, and then later uh, merged that into um, Songkick and then ran that company um and yeah it was a yeah wild ride and then um now ceo of medallion which we kind of i suppose you know got off the ground in earnest at the beginning of this year um and you know uh yeah we're off and running and it's uh it's really exciting matt were you the kid in high school that used to rent out like the warehouses and like try to like scum people for tickets at the front door was that was that you <laughs> yeah not the warehouses it definitely wasn't okay. that cool um it was outside of london and it was like old like billiard room halls okay. and like okay. school churches and things it was like less uh glamorous but still pretty cool like it was like a real interesting generation of artists like you know Mumford and Adele and mm. Foles and Glass Animals and stuff like that. So it was like it was amazing to be around. Um and so yeah, no, it was a cool experience. So yeah, but quickly kind of moved into technology after that. Okay. But yeah, very fun. I feel 
I feel like we all had that friend in high school that used to <laughs> sort of do those kind of parties. Um, but, not, yeah. but not to get too much into that, Scott, I'm really excited to have you on the show um, and kind of cover all the new things that you're doing in the NFT side of things. But I want to sort of get started with more of the early days of Tycho because you had this music blog and you've been building communities for so long. I would love for you to sort of talk about what role communities have sort of played in your success, uh, whether it be from the blog side, whether it be from the fandom side, the art side, or maybe all the above. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a huge part. And I, I think it, it's, it was the foundation that this whole thing was built off of um, is, you know, that the blog definitely attracted like other creative professionals. And I think the music kind of, it, it lends itself to that process for a lot of people. It's, it's re very useful to listen to while you're working coding, you know, doing graphic design, video work, stuff like that. So I feel like um, the blog attracted those type of people, a lot of those people in the, in the beginning, and then we all ended up collaborating or, you know, you just became friends or, or met them at shows, things like that, that, that really connected me to a wider creative network, which I, I really didn't have at the time. And I think, you know, because a lot of those people were, uh, you know, were for either ad agencies or did, you know, video stuff, they would end up doing placements for the music and, and I think, or they ran blogs of their own. And so it's just this really interesting way to, to kind of get the music out and in through the creative network. So a lot of the shows ended up, you know, we'd be at shows and you'd realize like a lot of these people were either from the blog or they're graphic designers themselves. And so that was just always compelling to me that, that the music brought, it almost like spoke specifically to the, the these people. Sure. And then, you know, obviously later it, it reached a wider audience. Um, and I think those were kind of the traditional social media years. And just slowly we've seen, you know, that that the message become a lot more filtered. And I, I don't feel like there's the connection there was in, the, in those blog days. So, you know, Web3 and, and particularly this this platform that we've developed with uh, with Medallion is, is particularly compelling to me because it, it feels like those days. It feels like you're speaking directly to real people and, you know, you're, you're actually connecting mm. with them as opposed to just hoping for the best and throwing stuff into some random algorithm. Can you talk more about the features of the blog that enabled for a more sort of interconnectedness between readers and yourself and how that sort of translates into what you're doing right now in Web3? Because it, it feels like almost like Web1-esque, you know, the blogging site. Social media feels like Web2 and like now issuing NFTs and all these tokens as a way to kind of like bond people with, with aligning incentives is like the new era of that. I'm curious how you sort of see the distinction between both. You know, I think there's a few elements. I think the conversational nature of it, it feels connected. They know that they're directly connected to you. And, and I think there's there's an expectation that's set there that, that's really beneficial. I think um, another big thing is kind of the feeling of ownership. I think anytime you have this token, it's like a, you know, it's a, we call it a passport for our community. And I think anytime you have that and you're, you're able to give that to a fan, it's a tangible thing and, and they feel connected to the space and they feel like they belong in this space. And I think there's something really powerful about that. And I think the portability of it is really cool too. You know, that this, this thing can be taken to the discord, this can be taken to other communities, this can be taken, you know, or to other platforms. I think that that's, you know, a big part of it and the ability to gate the access and say like, these people are invested in this community and they feel the investment. And, and so we're going to give them more and we're going to give them more of a connection and, and more content and be able to collect all that in one space. I think those are all kind of, for me, the really powerful aspects of the community. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's also a great place to sort of introduce uh, the Tyco open source community. Um, what's the quick one-liner? Like what's the takeaway behind this new community that you're starting, Scott? 
Uh, I mean, for, I like sharing my process, like almost like in an educational way, um, or at least okay. just, you know, coming up, I always like, you know, idolized all these musicians and, and producers and wanted to like emulate what they're doing. And, you know, it's just like a black box. You're just listening to this, this two track recording and trying to figure out how they did all these things. And I feel like it's so powerful for young up and coming artists or just anybody wanting to get into any creative endeavor to be able to see the process of another artist. I think it's so educational to say like, here's how they did it. Here's the end result. How can I take that and use it in my, my own, my own work. And, uh, so, you know, that's something I've wanted to do more of, but I, I felt kind of limited by the platforms and, and the way that you share media and the types of media you can share and all those things. So for me, this presents a really cool opportunity. I'm going, I'm in the process of, uh, making the next record. So I, I think this is a great opportunity to be able to share that process with people. So that, that, so that sort of like introduces the medallion side of things, right, Matt? And uh, t Scott, you brought up like a really interesting keyword passport. Um, why passport, Matt? Like where does passport sort of fit, fit in the greater vision of what you guys are building at medallion? And why is that like the, like the perfect entryway to kind of like lowering the barrier of like confusion and threat that web three typically brings to a fan uh, 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 that's not, I guess, crypto native. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think we can take any credit for the word passport. I think that was all Scott and, uh, sure, and, okay. uh, and, uh, that the, you know, the, um, yeah, the crew surrounding Scott, I think, um, I think it's like perfect, a perfect word for what it is though. I think that, you know, it really feel, I don't, for those of those who've not experienced it, it's a Tyco dot community. Um, and I think it really does. It feels like you are entering this, like very unique, special world that is only about Tyco. And I think that's really hard to find nowadays. And like, you know, there's obviously all these incredible platforms out there that, you know, have, you know, a ton of users and a lot of activity, but like, they're not exactly close knit communities or very focused on one particular subject matter. And I think that, you know, it really is feels like a special place where you can connect and like, you know, find you know, one, you know, essentially one-on-one -on -one connection with the artist is kind of the primary thing that we've created there. I think the things that are going to be really exciting that we'll explore in the future is like how to develop like fan-to-fan -fan connections in that same setting. I think the, I think the other thing that, you know, really grasped me when we did this is it just like, it kind of felt like a bit of a rebirth of like the artist website in a way. Like, you know, the artist website has become this kind of, I don't know, landing page that goes to all these other places. And it felt like a kind of redundant bit of real estate where now it's like, okay, like I go here because I am interested to engage with the artist in this case, Tyco. And I think, you know, now you get that engaging experience and obviously there's a lot more to come, but like, I definitely think passport to answer your question was like a very accurate, you know, word on what we were trying to create there. So when I created an account on the on the website, I sort of saw the entire flow from a product point of view. And Scott, when you were talking about like bringing back the 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 feel, the energy, the vibe of the blog days and mixing that with Web3 and the incentive alignment, the ownership components, it really felt like that. Like I joined the website and the first post initially was like felt like a blog post. Like it felt like <laughs> I was very much like directly communicating and kind of like having a direct line of connection with you as a as the creator, right? As the artiste, right? Um, so props for you guys to sort of like, it, it kind of like bringing that experience together. I'm trying to think, what does that look like at scale though, for, for a fan, for a community member, what does that look like at scale from a Dalian side? 
yeah um i'm happy to i'm happy to dig into that and maybe scott i'm sure you've got a ton of thoughts on this too i think i think the i think the onboarding is really important i think that a lot of people get caught up in you know web3 and blockchain and it becomes like this really abstract world that not a lot of people feel comfortable talking about or really don't really understand and i think you know it's just another you know way the internet is moving forward right and like you know it has so many powerful attributes and what we've basically tried to do is kind of bring it to the masses and i think that you've got a lot of you know artists that have these incredible legacies such as Tycho, that have these very vibrant audiences of all demographics and like being able to build a product that caters to everyone was really the goal that we were trying to get to with the platform was just like hey you can be crypto native or not and still be you know get a, the same experience and get the same benefits i think the other thing that was really important to us was making you know and this was definitely something that came from scott was like making this community free right like you don't need to be one crypto native but two like you don't need to pay to like experience it sure there'll be some paid things at some point and just the same way you buy music or you go to shows but like at a very base level to engage with the community you can just dive in um and like get all the benefits so you know for us like those were like two pretty big pillars that we were trying to make sure that we hit because we felt like that is what musicians and artists are really into and like are really important for their communities so yeah i mean scott i don't know if you'd add anything to that yeah i mean i i think to speak to your earlier point too i, I think having this kind of cohesive aesthetic where it's like this is information and content presented in the way that the artist intended it and, and has designed so you know combining all the great things about artists websites but with all these powerful new tools i think i think that's the you know, a really compelling aspect of this. And I, I think generally just the the idea that this is so open-ended and there can be so much more to this, I, I think is, is something I'm really excited about just to see this thing build and, and evolve because, you know, we've been presented with all these new technologies over the years. You know, I've been doing this for 22 years now and I've seen everything from mp3.com to, to Facebook to Instagram. And, and it's like, you know, they, they always show you this thing and it, and it always feels limited in some basic way and this this feels very open-ended and, and so that's you know i think we're, it remains to be seen what this will become but I, I think it has the potential to kind of become whatever whatever we make it yeah you know one thing that i like doing on the podcast is sort of uh trying to relate these to other creators because at the end of the day like this is this is meant to scale to some extent right this fan to, to artist connection it's not just supposed to end with you scott like the goal is to sort of bring that out to many many more artists and i think one thing that you've done really well, Scott, is sort of find the balance between creating and documenting. And a lot of creators that come into Web3, they have a hard time kind of on the community building app aspect because they really get the, the creatorship, right? They either get creating music, creating art, they get that stuff, right? How do you find your balance between documenting and creating? Well, I mean, I, that's always come naturally to me just because, you know, photography is one of my favorite pastimes and uh, I'm a graphic designer. I was a web dev developer. So like I come from that background of, of mm -hmm. creating and, and posting, you know, and, uh, content, framing it in a, in a way. And, uh, and so for me, that, that always came naturally. And, and also, like I was, you know, to, like I was saying before, I, I always love like behind the scenes and like seeing a peek into the artist process. So for me, it's, it's important to, to document those things and, and to have some 
reference for that, almost like a scrapbook. So like that, that's always, and, and I'm sending that stuff out to traditional social media. It's just, it feels so disconnected and disparate and you have all these different platforms. So I've, I've been looking for a place to collect all that into one space. And this, this definitely feels like it. Yeah. You know, open source is a, is a term that's often used in like computer science. It applies publicly accessible code, right? That anyone can kind of see, modify, distribute as they see fit. And uh, I'm curious, where does this phrase sort of fit into the big picture as it pertains to community building? Like in Web3, your moat or your stickiness or your flywheel is sort of generated by the community that you're developed. And it's hard to fork community, right? In your context, like this idea of open source, right? Like what does that really mean to you in the grand scheme of things? Is it meant for other people to come in and sort of create their own versions of what you're sort of documenting and producing? Or how do you sort of see that term open source fit into your, into your new community? I think it's a few things. Obviously, these communities, like you're saying, you know, they're they're organic and they're they're kind of self fulfilling prophecies or whatever you however you want to say. You know, the the community creates itself and and it becomes what the community kind of whatever direction it nudges it in. And, and yeah. so you know, you can you can start with whatever you want. You can create a foundation, but it's going to grow into to whatever it wants to become in kind of in an organic way. But I think you know, there's the the other side of it is opening up the process and showing people this is how this stuff is made and this is this is how I go about it and um you know hoping that they can take that and apply that maybe to their own process or their own process of learning how to do these things and then I think finally like a good example is just you know I, I just uh, put out this this DJ mix and I, I was creating the cover for it and I was on um you know speaking to the community and, and kind of saying like here's this version of it this is where I'm at right now, but I want it to become this. What do you think? And like, it turned out there were some other graphic designers and like they, they came out and we, we did like a back and forth, almost like a real time or a, a real time critique. And like, those are the kind of interactions. And then that ended up becoming the cover. Like I really learned a lot from that process and seeing, you know, cause you lose sight sometimes as an artist of what, of, of how people are, are interacting with your work. And this is one of those grounding moments where you remember like, okay, these are real people and they're, they're taking this in and they're internalizing it in, this, in these different ways. And, and to really get that instant real-time feedback was just like a really powerful experience. It again, reminded me of the, the old days of, of web one, 1.0. Yeah. Matt, when you're designing a product like medallion, what are some like design principles you sort of carry in your soul, essentially, as you sort of built like the ultimate experience for creators to be able to bring their fans together? Like, what did that look like and how has that evolved since the initial idea? of medallion yeah um it's a good question um i think the first the first answer is is i definitely didn't do all of it um there's a big team behind this and um you know i'm just one of many contributors here um so big shout out to the team that's got us this you know to where we are i actually think that the actual concept for the product has not really varied like i think it was really simple in the beginning it was like how do we essentially bring an artist closer to to the to fans and i think we've thought that the blockchain presented the best um we thought that the blockchain really represented the best way to do that today like this idea of like you know fans living in these kind of closed ecosystems and not allowing artists to build direct connection or valuable connection or have any kind of, you know, control about how they speak to their audience in what format and what system and stuff like that. 
really presented the opportunity of like, well, if we can move, you know, if we can create fans and identity in like a open source or like, you know, in a decentralized environment that can kind of open up all these new possibilities. And so the product was really geared around that idea. I think the second thing that we were really focused on was like giving fans the ability to essentially participate, own, contribute, in a system that like meant something to the artist eg like there's a lot of things around web3 and crypto right now that kind of live in their own you know isolated areas like whether sure. it's nft projects or whether it's you know all sorts of different things that there are we thought it would be really valuable to create a system where all of those things could belong under one roof for that artist so like so in the taiko community in the open source community like you know, there's going to be like a, you know, there's a roadmap of things that we're building and that we've built that, you know, really represent what fandom is in relation to Tyco. And I think having those all in one place really gives fans an incentive to want to, you know, own that stuff and like participate and really like kind of show off like their fandom for the artist. And I think that that was really absent like today. Um, So really for us, it was like those two core things. It was like one, Mm -hmm. like, how do we kind of give artists the ability to, you know, have a direct connection one and two, how do we give fans a reason to want to kind of, you know, demonstrate or showcase their fandom and how would we do that? So yeah, that's kind of what the the product is, is uh, doing right now. I, I think. Yeah, th- that makes a lot of sense. And I want to, I want to go deeper into that. Okay. And the reason sure. being is because when, when creators sort of, they, they hear Web3, they hear NFTs, tokens, they sort of get skeptical, right? Sure. And for one, that's sort of building a platform to use crypto primitives as a way to bring these two parties closer together. I'm curious, what does the like, Web3 sort of enable for communities and fans that Web2 failed at from your perspective? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think it's, I think it's kind of back to the two things I said. I think for an artist, it's like, I think, you know, Scott can answer this himself, but I think the way what I've heard and I think the the market feedback we're getting is that, you know, artists want the ability to have a direct connection and this blo- and the blockchain, re- you know, you know, enables that for them. Like this mm. idea of understanding what your audience does and being able to reward them better for the things that they do or having like a deeper understanding or being able to generate loyalty and stuff like that, I think is something that is very tricky today. And like, I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying it's not that obvious and it's kind of tricky. And I think for fans, like there isn't really a way that you talk about your fandom for a specific artist. Like, you know, if you've been to loads of shows and like listened to thousands of hours of music, like where do you really talk about that? And what? And, sh- and to me, it seems very fragmented the way that that is today. And it seems to me as well, and definitely I think the team at Medallion, which is like, the best place to bring that all together is the artist website. Like everything we're doing is artist branded or, you know, essentially customized to the artist. And I think, you know, there is this really nice idea of bringing back, you know, the, you know, the first place that you would discover, hopefully an artist was you go to the artist website. And, you know, I remember the days of like, that was the first place you go to. And now, unfortunately, I think it's like one of the last places you go to. And I think that, (laughs) you know, we can definitely, I think, change that. I mean, maybe, maybe, as I said, maybe I'm sure Scott has probably a more, a better answer than I did, but that's, I think, some of the stuff. Yeah, Scott, I'm curious if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, no, I mean, that sums it up pretty nicely. I think, you know, it goes back to like, you know, when I was a kid, 
when I identified with an artist or I really internalized what they're doing, you know, you wanted this way. It was almost became a part of your identity. You know, you wore a shirt, you wore a Rush t-shirt to, to high school and you're making a statement. And it's like people, I think music fans have lost all these little things. Like you get the pin at the show or whatever, all these things that show like you're, in, you're invested in this artist or this, this artist means something to you. And it's part of you now because you've spent so much time with them. I think we've lost that ability as fans over, over time. And uh, I think, you know, anytime we can find a way for the artist to, to give that, uh, that opportunity back to the fans, I think, I think is, is really compelling. What's up, guys? Sorry for the quick pause, but I wanted to tell you about Bello, a new blockchain analytics tool I built that helps Web3 native creators and communities learn more about their collectors and their on-chain behavior. Through a simple search, Bellows Intelligence can help you figure out a price for your NFT drop, show you what other communities your collectors are a part of, and empower you with insights to make confident decisions on how to grow your community. I built Bello with you in mind. So as a creator myself, Bellows helped me make money by finding sponsors for the podcast and allowed me to curate better content for you guys. And now it's ready to help other creators too. If you're a Web3 native creator, NFT project founder, or community manager, Join the waitlist to try Bello's beta product today by signing up at bello.lol forward slash join. That's B-E-L-L-O dot L-O-L forward slash join. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, I think I think also part of that from your side, uh, Scott, as a creator, is like also talks about this. Con- you, I mean, you talk about this concept that I've sort of seen online is like now artists sort of own their data, right? And being able to curate experiences by having more control because the middlemen are in the in, are in the picture, right? Um, because when you build an audience on social media, right, on these Web2 platforms, you're kind of gated and limited by the tools and resources and the abilities that they sort of impose on you. And if you want to bring that community elsewhere, it's almost as if you have to start from scratch. And for example, like when we saw the era of TikTok sort of arise, a lot of the Instagram artists that sort of built their audiences, either even on Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be, now tried to build audiences on TikTok. Like they lost a lot of their edge because they had to start from scratch, right? And a concept that you sort of talked about is like this element of interoperability, right? And being able to take your, your fans and your community across multiple different experiences. Can you sort of talk more about that? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the other big thing about all those platforms is they were never designed for this purpose and you're always mm. using you know i remember facebook didn't even have i think you had to like set yourself as a public figure or something back in the day like it wasn't they didn't even really have a, a mechanism for you know a, a band so like none of these things were ever designed for that in the first place people were just leveraging them because they had large user bases you know it's like okay here's a lot of people i'm sure some fraction of them are, are fans let's let's use this to get the message out but it it wasn't particularly designed for it so yeah like obviously you don't own the data you don't really have any understanding of who these people are beyond, beyond like an avatar and, and whatever name they use. So like, I think, how do you forge a, a deep connection with someone who you, you really don't even understand who they are, uh, you know, on any basic level. So I think you know, this, this tool being designed from the ground up for artists to communicate with fans, I think is, is obviously the, the most powerful aspect of it. And, and it's something that I think so far, you know, we, we've seen it, allows for a, m- a much more direct connection to the fans. And I think, I think that's huge for artists in, in this, uh, this era. So this is a question for both of you. Are you guys designing this new com- community to sort of fit and tailor towards a million fans or a smaller group of people that are more of like your true, true fans? Like, how do you sort of see that strategy? Well, I think, you know, from, I think Tycho has always been a, 
relatively small but very passionate and engaged fan base. So, you know, we, we've been successful and, and been lucky enough to, to be where we are now because of how engaged this fan base has been. It's not about this massive scale. And so for me, this, this fits perfectly. This is like, I, I think this will be at least at the beginning, a, a small, obviously, you know, Instagram is just like a billion people or whatever. And, you know, so you have this giant potential audience, but really you're not really connecting with with many of them and even the ones who have right. quote followed you, you still aren't really, you don't have access to them in, in the way that you, you once did. And so for, for me, I would rather have a smaller, more passionate, more engaged community that I'm speaking directly with than some massive potential pool where you're, you're connecting with a very a minuscule fraction of, of what's out there. Yeah. What do you think, Matt? Like, do you think artists should be sort of optimizing for building virality in, in using web three tools or should they really be honing down on their, like their, their true, true, small, small kind of niche group of fans? Yeah. I, I, I think this is a, a fascinating topic and um, you know, there's a lot of studies out there. There's a, you know, the thousand true fans concept. I, I'm actually like personally, I think the way that we're kind of building the product and the platform is similar to the way Scott is describing it. I, th I think that, the metric is moving away from like impressions to like engagement. And I think that, you know, this idea of like, Oh, I've got this many followers, but like one, I have no idea who they are and I can't really reach them directly and be like, you know, if I'm am to post something or put something out there, I don't know how wide it goes. I'm, you know, sitting alongside a lot of other content. So I think what that really points to is like, this platform that's integrated into an artist website where they own the keys to all of their, you know, communication with their fans, the metric then becomes is like, how engaged are my fans? And like, what are my open rates like on my email blasts? And like, when I do post something, how many fans are engaging? And like, I actually think the key thing for us is like, how do we build a dimensional profile of every fan? And how do we figure out how to how to, to keep that fan engaged and wanting to come back and consume more and be more in, in tune with what the artist is doing. So for, for us, I think it's more about, you know, serving that, you know, call it whatever you want, a subset of fans that are looking to come back and engage more with content. And I think that is the way that kind of, I personally, I think that is a way that a lot of people are choosing to engage now anyway. It's like, you know, the bigger you know, more open platforms are a little more tricky to kind of navigate and people are like searching out like more closed end, you know, more, you know, intricate communities. And I think that's what we can build here. So yeah, for me, like number one metric is definitely around like stickiness and engagement. Yeah. So I think it's also a great place to introduce uh, maybe like the roadmap essentially um, with this new, with this new community that you guys are kind of like building collectively using Mendalian as the foundation and Scott, you kind of creating all the fun stuff around it for, for your, 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 your audience to kind of join along the ride. What are we expecting here? Like what, what can we expect? What sort of things are you integrating um, uniquely that NFT sort of enable, for example, um, or just in general, I'd love to learn more about what you guys have in store. Sure. Do you want me to go first, Scott? Yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I mean, I definitely uh, a couple of caveats. I mean, one, obviously, like we can't divulge everything, but we can give you guys a you know a good preview on, on what's coming. <laughs> I think secondly, like Scott and Brian and the whole you know the crew have been like so instrumental in the way that we've crafted a lot of these features and the way that we're bringing a lot of this stuff to market. So huge, you know, tip of the hat to everyone involved there. Um, yeah, so I think I think the easy way to explain it is that we are looking to create platform features that sit alongside everything that a fan does today. So like right now they like, you know, sign up for email lists or join platforms. Like we've created that onboarding experience. We've just created something um, you know, with the um the contribution mechanic where fans can like choose to you know download assets and contribute to artwork or other things we're going to see more of that around music and other things like that i think the other two milestones will be like music releases and how we do that um and then the other one will be around like a live music experience mm. i think the other stuff around the edges will be like fan to fan engagement features that we build that really kind of, you know, help fans communicate with one another, discover and like share experiences together. But I think like the three, the kind of three milestones that I, sorry, the three buckets that I put the roadmap in are like one, giving fans access to things in different ways, two, giving fans the ability to own things. And the third thing is around um, participation, giving fans the ability to participate, you know, one-on-one -on -one with the artist or in a setting with the artist, but also one-on-one -on -one with each other. So, Okay. Scott, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think, you know, for me, one of the most interesting aspects of this is, is the ability to tell a cohesive story. And I think to Matt's point earlier about creating higher fan engagement and having them follow along, I think, you know, any artist's journey, you know, you're, it's kind of a narrative arc throughout your, your career, but even down to the granular, granular level, like getting ready for a tour or making an entire album. You know, when you're trying to tell that story on social media, people miss entire pages or entire chapters, depending on what ends up getting fed to them. And I'll, you know, I'll talk to people I know are really engaged and people who are paying attention and they'll have missed whole shows in their town or the fact that I'm even making a new album, like all these big things. And it's like, to be able to tell that story all in one place in a linear way and, and have this flow and, and have it be accessible all in one place unfiltered to the fans. That's, that's huge for me, especially at a time like this when I'm working on an album, because, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be a storyteller. And I know the story isn't just the end result, the album, the story is how did you get there and who did you become along the way and what happened, you know, throughout. And, and I think the ability to tell that story in, in one place and present it the way you want is, is huge. Matt, why do you think fans want to own something? And what does that really mean? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for every fan, it's different. I think, you know, I, you know, for some fans, you know, you own something to unlock an experience, like you buy okay. a concert ticket to go to a show. You know, for some fans, they'll buy, you know, records because, well, vinyl records because they want to collect every release. Some fans never open their records. They never play them, you know, like, right. I think it's totally different for everyone. I think just in, in our head, like, I think ownership is just one node of like fandom, right? Like participation is another one, like attendance is another one, but like ownership definitely features, right? I think, you know, Scott will tell you firsthand, like, you know, we did a, you know, there was a pre-order recently, you know, that has sold out. And I think, you know, 
people are always going to want to buy stuff, right? And I think that, you know, that's something that I think right now that you don't, I, I think it's really tough in e-commerce to figure out how to reward fans for that stuff, right? Like, you know, I don't think artists have been given the best tools to figure out, oh, I want to know, you know, how many of my fans have bought every single vinyl release for the last 15 years or like have been to all of these shows. And I think it's a shame because I think a lot of artists really want to reward fans for that loyalty from the early years. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many artists we talk to that they're just like, that's one of the number one pain points is like, I want to figure out who was there at the beginning and like really kind of reward them for being there. Um, you know, and I think probably Scott is probably yeah. one of those artists that probably sees a lot of that. Um, and I think for us, like, I think web, web three and, and blockchain unlocks a lot of those possibilities. I think like the ability to reward people on chain and build loyalty on chain is massive, like unparalleled to what it is in web two. Um, and I think for us, we have what our, our um, challenge is going to be able to figure out what that system looks like to make it interesting for fans because right now it's not that interesting right and mm. i think that is what we have to figure out and that will take time but it'll also take it will also mean working with artists that want to push the boundaries of what it is and try and test and you know early on in the nft you know adoption cycle like the environmental impacts was a huge learning curve that a lot of people had to go on and i think right now we're at a point where you know i think fans are coming back around to like why nfts can feature and why web3 is important and like the education around the environment is a lot better than it was and like i think you know some of the l1s have done a really good job of that stuff especially like polygon solana like they've done a really great job of like educating users on why that's why this is you know, not as bad as everyone thought it was, but do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, yeah. it takes time to bring this stuff like around is what I was kind of trying to say. Yeah. And I think part of that is developing the right communication strategies to sort of uh, uh, describe what kind of value you're getting by collecting whatever it is that you'll be collecting. Sure. Um, and, and I'm curious as to how you guys are approaching that because yeah, one of the biggest hurdles is like the second somebody here is NFTs, you know, uh, they, they get completely zoned out, you know, and, right. and Scott, I'd argue your community is actually much different because you've been in this space for a long time. Like you were a part of the nifty gateway era. Uh, you were also, I remember you, you sort of like speaking very publicly about your relationship with Justin Blau and participating in that music festival, the idea that he had very early on. Um, I'm curious how you guys are approaching the communication strategy. Um, and we can of course focus on, on Scott's community, but also at large, it's, it's a big problem that sort of faces the, the entire creator economy? Well, I think, you know, there's always going to be, I, I think I, we have a, um, you know, a pretty tech savvy uh, fan base to begin with because it's a lot sure. of creatives and, and a lot of people in technology, things like that. So I think a lot of them are, are much more, uh, you know, accepting of, of new technologies. But I think, you know, like Matt was saying, the onboarding process is, can be totally pretty traditional down to an email and, and a login. You, you can, it can be that for you if, if you want it to be that simple as a fan. So, and that was important to us to keep that open to everyone and, and not just people who are crypto native. And I, I think the beauty of that is that over time, I think everybody's going to see anybody who comes in here tech savvy or not is going to start to understand the value of this thing as they interact with it. You know, the problem with forcing them to be uh, crypto native out of the gate is that, you know, 
you're going to, you're going to cut out a vast swath of people who probably would be receptive to it if they just experienced it. So we're trying to give them this sort of hybrid experience where you can get in the door and then you can interact with it as much as you want in the future. And, and I think most people will see the benefits uh, pretty, pretty quickly once, once they're in there. Yeah. I, I I'm curious how you're sort of uh, integrating your, your past experience and the past, the past collectors sort of from like the nifty gateway area and the, and the other NFTs that you sort of issued um, where do those fans come into place? Yeah, I think, well, you know, the model that we sort of developed for the discord was to give them access to specific areas of the discord um, okay. based on holding, you know, token gated spaces. And I think uh, that, you know, that's going to be the idea with medallion is that you'll have different, they'll be able to interact in different ways with the community or they'll have access to earlier, you know, drops or, or tickets or merch, th things like that. I think that's all evolving, but the idea is that that will be integrated. And, and I mean, that's the beauty of being able to integrate Web3 here is that there's portability. So if you've interacted in some way in the past uh, with with us in in the Web3 space, that's going to be portable into into this community. Yeah. What what questions you think you guys uh, you think I'm not asking to you guys that's super important to kind of understand um, this next era for you this next chapter for for Tyco as a whole? Well, I think I mean for me the big thing and we've sort of touched on it, but I, I think it it's worth diving deeper into is just like from the artist perspective. I think people think of fandom as this artist fan relationship is this one way street. This artist has a megaphone, and I think that's been shaped by by social media is this megaphone sure. on top of a hill just shouting out some message and hoping that someone right. hears it and the people who do hear it maybe they internalize it but there's nothing coming back and like you have to remember like you, you know you play these shows in front of all these people and it it can become sort of abstract and you just think like this is work and this is what we're doing but then after the show you'll go to the merch booth or you meet somebody uh you know a fan outside the venue and they have all four vinyl or, or they you know it's clear and they have the shirt and they've been they're like i've been to so many shows and it finally hits home like these are these are people and they're they're interacting this is like you know this is affecting their lives and and the things that you're doing have an impact and like you for, it's really easy at least for me you know i'm speaking for myself to to forget those things when you're in a studio almost your whole life and especially with covid when you you didn't interact with fans that much right. at all and so these are the those opportunities to see like okay this person is really invested in this and this means a lot to them like there's there's a reason behind this. I'm not just doing this for a living. Like this, this is something I'm so passionate about and it, it impacts my life in such a positive way, but like, it's also impacting other people in a positive way. And I think to, to be able to remind artists and have that two-way communication, I think is, is, is really important to artists as well. And to our, to our creative vision and to, to our inspiration. I think that that really helps you kind of like keep going when sometimes you feel like, I don't know, <laughs> no, you know, if this right. is falling on deaf ears and, and who's even listening to this stuff. Right. What, do you, what, what about you, Matt? Like, what do you think um, from like a, a platform point of view? Like, what, what am I missing over here? Cause this sounds very exciting. You know, like this, <laughs> nice. this next era, it, it seems like very multidimensional and from the looks of it, it seems like you guys are actually cracking the code around where fandom meets web three. Right. And it, it really just ties back to me logging into Medallion and, and look your platform. And based off what you're telling me, Scott, like you wanted to kind of encapsulate this vision of the era, the first blog era and integrate like Web3 primitives into that. Like I felt that, you know, like I really did feel that. Uh, but what do you think I'm missing in this in this entire experience? I, I don't know if there's anything you're missing. I think I think one thing I, I would love to just 
kind of follow on from an earlier question that you asked um, was just around like the way that NFTs are presented to fans, I think is like a really interesting topic. I think a lot of people have a lot of different opinions. I think yeah. that the way that, you know, I think to Scott's earlier point, like the Taiko community probably skews more towards being more tech savvy as Scott says. So like, you know, there's, you know, previous collections and things and like, to your point, nifty drops and stuff like that. But to the more kind of, I suppose, how do I say it more analog artists, it does present like a really tricky, you know, problem of like, how do you present this new technology? And especially with all the headwinds that it's had around speculation and, and, you know, the environment, I, th I think that the two the two things I would want to touch on there are, which are really important is to try and to bring fans into this new era is like one education on why, like, I, I don't think that a lot of people take the time to explain why I think a lot of people talk about like, Oh, there's community and utility, but I think it kind of en ends up being this, em these empty words. And I think a lot of people, a lot of artists in music are confused as to why would I do this? And I think, you know, the why is becoming more apparent when with what we've done with Scott and what we're going to do with other artists is like, why would you want to join this as an art, as a fan? And why would you want to participate or buy these things? There's always an answer, I think. And I think if there isn't an answer, then we shouldn't do it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think the second thing is about, you know, you know, speculation, I think is like, I'm not, I'm not sure that music fans really want to sign up for that. Like, you know, this idea of like investing in things or like buying things because I'm later on, it will have a, you know, a value. I don't think those are the kind of communities that artists are actually looking to build. Um, and I think for us, like just nipping it in the bud that this is a safe environment that's, you know, not about speculation. It's about loyalty and rewarding fandom and stuff like that is another hurdle we have to jump over. And then like you have the environmental thing around the side, which, as I said, I think is changing rapidly. But like, I think those are the fundamental two points that I think are really, really pivotal in like this new set of technologies, like rising into the mainstream and like being adopted by, you know, artists such as Scott and, yeah. and others. Yeah, I, I think um, I think time will tell if we're taking the right actions to educate people, you know, but definitely uh, I'm really a fan of how you guys are approaching it. I'm really excited for this next step. Before I kind of let you guys go and wrap this up, what are some dates we should keep in mind? Um, what should the community keep in mind? Uh, some final words. Um, I think, I don't think we have any firm dates, but I think okay. towards the end of this month and early next month, there's going to be a ton of activity. Yeah. I would say in general, like there's been generally activity every week, uh, in the open source community. So keep your eyes, uh, Amazing. on that. Any, any final words from you, Scott? Oh, just, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, to see how people interact with this and, uh, to see how it kind of evolves out of that. Uh, it's, it's been a great start and, uh, can't wait to see where it goes. Amazing. Uh, one thing we'll have to do again is a recap in a, in a few months or so to kind of see the actions that you guys took to onboard people and see sort of what the outcomes were. So until then, I wish you guys well and uh, yeah, best of luck. Cool. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Very for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Take care. 
What's up, guys? Thank you for listening. If you've gotten this far, then you are a champ, and I owe you a free listener pin. Go to adamlevy.io forward slash NFT, fill in your info, and I'll distribute the NFT towards the end of the season. By collecting your pin, you prove your contribution to the season and get exclusive access to content, allow lists, and more. So be sure to collect yours. Also, please make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. This helps me out so much. And finally, hit me up on Twitter at LevyChain. I want to hear what you're building, the latest crowdfund you're trying to complete, or if you simply want to chat. I love talking about where crypto meets the creator economy, and it's no different if it's coming from you directly. So thanks again for your support. It means the world, and I'll see you on the next episode.